Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Soul Greatness Podcast. I'm Romeo Marquez Jr., international speaker, best-selling author, and success coach. Each week, I will bring you a guest, a thought, or a new idea that will help you tune into your soul so that you can elevate your greatness, empower you to break through to new levels in your life, business, and relationships, and inspire you to expand your light so that you can make a bigger impact in the world. My passion is your potential, and my mission is to help you live it now. So no more playing small because this is your moment. This is your time. Are you ready? I know you are. So let's do this. Sue is a speaker, productivity coach, and author of the number one best-selling book, Clear Your Clutter, 50 Ways to Organize Your Life, Home, or Business So You Can Become More Calm, Focused, and Happy. So without further ado, let's welcome Sue Crumb. I gave a quick background on who you are and what you do. I would love the listeners to know exactly from you who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Sue Crum, that's C-R-U-M, and I'm clearyourcluttercoach.com. But what I do is I, I help busy people be more successful than they are and make better use of their time, their space, and help them get organized for good. Ooh, ooh, that's good. I love that. I love that (laughs) because I know the people that are listening are busy people at home, at work, and they want to do this and they want to travel and do all these things. So I know what you're going to share is going to be definitely amazing. And I would love for people to know what you did prior to what you're doing now. Sure. I had a very full uh, career in the education arena with... um, ever-increasing responsibilities, including acting superintendent K through 12, which is kindergarten through 12th grade. And I left all of that to uh, start my own business. But I I enjoyed all of the education and the many, many different hats I wore over the years. But um, I'm enjoying being an entrepreneur and having my own business today. So why the decluttering, the, the productivity industry? Sure, that's a great question. When I left the education field, I went into interior redesign and helping people with one-day room makeovers, helping people stage their home to sell or stage their home to stay. And I really enjoyed all that. And by staging their home, it's like what you do prior to the real estate agents coming and taking pictures and videos and putting up the listing and having open houses and caravans. And I loved all that. But what I really found, they always say in real estate, location, location, location. However, if people have too much stuff, potential buyers can never really see through to the architectural features of the home. They can never really see past how to get into the walk-in closet if no one can really walk in the walk-in closet. (laughs) And I found that people, all people end up with clutter at different times of our lives. And so I tied in the staging and the interior redesign with professional organizing and helping people clear up their clutter so that they could get on to the life that they really wanted to live and not not be weighed down by stuff. Stuff weighs us down and it zaps us of energy. When we have no energy, we're not productive at all. Right, 
Right. There's that saying that mess creates stress, right? It, it causes us to, Absolutely. <laughs> it causes all causes Absolutely. all kinds of things. So where would you have people start? Like, you know, they have to clean this room or that room and, you know, they, they feel unproductive on this part of their life. You know, I call it the art of the start. And with different clients, I help people virtually, not just in person. So I help, I actually do this, um, you know, by phone and Skype for those that are not in, living near, near where I live. But um, the art of the start, and, and it, it can be any one place. I, I wrote a blog last month, and I actually talked about when I walked into a, a place and it was just overwhelming, and I could see the client was melting down, and she didn't know where to start. I looked around, and I thought, boy, I'm not sure. And where we started that day was with the refrigerator. So it's all about taking back control. And you might go, well, why would you start with the refrigerator? The door is there, and it's all closed up. But with the ref- just that one container of space, it has a boundary to it. You know, there's it's only so big. It has so many shelves. I mean, it's just I just started there with the refrigerator, and by doing that first activity, it spurred on motivation to help that client kind of go, okay, we can do this. We can we can just it's kind of like the elephant scenario that everybody talks about. You know, where how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So for that particular client, we started with the refrigerator. For other folks, I, I might start with a, a drawer or their master bedroom. And so many people forget their master bedroom should really be a sanctuary from the rest of the house, even if they live alone. And they've allowed their master bedroom to become the electronics center, the toy center, the laundry center, and everything but a tranquil night of sleep. So it just kind of varies from person to person, but I say start small. Start small. Don't start with a three-car garage. Don't start with a 20 by 40 storage unit. Start small. Start small. Why is it important for people to stay organized? Well, there are the, the real right brain creative types who say, you know, I can just work in a mess. You know, it's just my comfort and I can just be in a messy space. And they're doing okay with that. And they've kind of, you know, the artists and, and some real creative right brain types but really, for most of us, even if we're right-brained, if we don't know where things are, we feel out of control. And once we're out of control, it's like we just gravitate to the next shiny object. It's, okay, uh, we're operating on an emergency. Oh, I've got to call that person back. Oh, I'm running on fumes. I better pull over and get gas in the car. I mean, our brain and our mind is just racing. And so there's, that limits the ability for new thought, new ideas, creativity to get in there because we're trying to use our brain to remember all these things that we don't want to forget. And then when the stuff, whether it's mental clutter or actual physical clutter, and then we can't find things, we start getting panicky. And our productivity really, really goes down. And that's when we start to wake up in the middle of the night because we forgot to do something or we're trying to remember what we're going to do the next day. And our mind is just racing. And from a healthy standpoint, that's not good at all. We we end up with uh, low energy and and very little productivity. We're just basically um, drinking water from a fire hose at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so let's dive into this. What are three to five ways people can have one of their best years yet from a productivity organizing standpoint? Okay, great question. I really think it's never, ever too late for somebody to get started on the better life or the best year 
or whatever it is that they're dreaming that they want to do or be or become. It's never too late. And some people go, oh, it's too late for me and woe is me. And, and they play that, you know, the glass is half empty card. But I believe it's really never too late. And it's really, you know, people go, well, I just don't have a good, I, I have really, uh, uh, I don't have no willpower. Uh, and they just kind of play this tape of, yeah, I just don't have any willpower. You know, I start and then I fall apart. But it's not really what I would call willpower. It's really habit. What are the habits that have gotten in their way? The bad habits that are preventing them from having their best year yet. And how can they turn those around to create better or productive habits by eliminating some bad behaviors? And I think many people forget about what I like to call thinking time. So best year yet, year coming forward, how can you have the best year yet? Well, instead of just doing the same old, same old, and one day runs into the next, and one week runs into the next, and one month runs into the next, I think people forget planning, and they really forget to take time away from the world. And I like to do planning outside in nature, depending on where people live, that can work uh, in the time of year. But thinking time, if people can really just have some time to mind, I'm a big mind mapper, map out some ideas and some ways that they could be more productive, some habits that are getting in their way, whether they're going down the internet rabbit hole or the Facebook rabbit hole or the I'm the social butterfly rabbit hole, whatever it is that's preventing them from having their best productive year yet. They just kind of have to mind map it out in a quiet setting and just keep brainstorming and dumping out ideas and then building what would be their ideal week? What, what could that look like? What, what could, or the ideal day, what could that look like? And some people are morning larks and other people are night owls. And so really focusing in on their best productivity time to say, okay, during those times, I'm not going to be over there ordering things from Amazon. I'm not going to be over there checking everybody's social media accounts. I'm going to use that to get my top three things done for the day. And I think people have to keep an open mind and keep learning. You know, some people just have a closed mindset instead of an open mindset. And when you have a closed mindset, you kind of just say, well, that's me and that's the way it is and that's my life. But with an open mind and an open mindset and you build on, you know, the gifts that you do have, you just kind of start creating a new change with a new change of habit. Perfect. All right. So you said several amazing things. Habits is one of definitely one of them. Yes. So there are good habits and bad habits. The bad habits is, you know, falling into those different rabbit holes you were talking about. What are some specific good habits that people can have or start creating for themselves? Sure. Sure. So one is to batch to the max. And that's uh, one of my quotes that I say all the time, batch to the max. So by that, I mean putting like things with like things. So when you have to, let's say, answer emails, take a block of time and answer emails for, say, 30 minutes, set a time and be done, close it off. If you have to do phone calls, batch them to the max. Give Call back people and say, I'm returning phone calls this afternoon. Here's a good time to reach me. 
between two and four or leave a message if it's after that. Be real specific so you're not playing telephone tag all day. And when you're when you're out, be out. Get get a whole bunch of out errands done at once. But when you can be in your office, be in and be more productive by batching like tasks together. If you have to write a lot of copy, you have to write some new new uh, projects or plans, just block out time to do just that. Don't switch tasks and go over to e- email and, and phone and all those interruptions because that's what prevents us from being more productive. So with that said, planning, uh, what is your planning process? Well, as I said earlier, I'm a big mind mapper. So I like to mind map on large paper pencil, and I've done some mind mapping with software, but I much prefer it, like pen and paper on an art sketch pad, and it has no lines on it. And so I, I almost do, I do this before presentations, I do this before any writing, and I just kind of brain dump the ideas down there. So for planning my work schedule, I do the same thing, and I, I mind map out what's the goal and what's the direction, whether it's a new project that's coming up or a new ebook that I'm writing or a presentation that I'm giving. And it's getting to that quiet thinking time and not doing it while I'm trying to answer the phone or answer emails or send emails or talk to people coming in my office. So it's, it's blocking out that time and planning it ahead of time. Sunday evenings are a great time to look ahead at the week and then figure out, you know, what, what's coming up, when am I going to be out of my office, when am I going to have concentrated time, and that's where you want to put your high-level tasks at the time when you're most productive with the least amount of interruptions. All right, so with thinking time, you know, I, I actually did a TEDx talk on, you know, it's time to live out your passion, and one of the things, I, one of the stories I brought up was how my nephew had imagination time, just allowing his ideas mm. to come through and just being free and so on. But th- this right here is be- being more intentional to allow those ideas to take place so that it sets you up for success in whatever it is you got to do later on that day or later on that weekend. So how long would you recommend for people to have that thinking time? It doesn't even have to be that long. It's trying to get people out of reactive mode and into proactive mode. So reactive mode, we're waiting for you know, everybody else's problem to surface on the email, you know, which really answering emails is usually everybody, somebody else's issue, concern, problem, request. So it's more of a reactive behavior. But proactive is you're setting what your intention is for that week, that month, that day, and saying, okay, if I get nothing else done today, but one terrific thing. What's my high value activity that I could get done today? But it's stating that really the night before. If you state it the night before, you give your brain a little chance for that um, reactive anticular system to kick into place while you're sleeping, really. Kind of sets it up so that you know the very next, you know when you wake up, okay, today I'm, I'm, I'm writing that new ebook or I'm writing that talk or I'm making those slides. So you know ahead of time rather than saying, oh, well, as an entrepreneur, oh, let's see, how should I use my today? Well, you know, I don't know. What do you think? And then I open email 
which is, I think, the biggest interruption of all, open email and let everybody else's issues become my problems to solve. Mm. Cool. So let's go back to the home and make okay. that organized. What What are three to five tips you can recommend to people so that they can live a stress-free lifestyle in their own home? One of the best ways is to just even start with making your bed every day. And even if somebody lives alone, because I often have clients that will say, well, I live by myself. It's, you know, it's just me. It's the cat, you know. And I go, no, no, no. The bed is 80% of the bedroom. So you can just make the bed every day. Even if you never go back in it, it'll just calm down the stress level of your bedroom, which should be the sanctuary from the rest of the house. And then another strategy for the home is I say close the kitchen at night. And they go, well, you know, it's just me and the two dogs. And, you know, and I go, oh, no, no, announce your, the kitchen is now closed because if you don't announce it, it's open all the time. And there you are with another cup, another dish, another <laughs> popcorn bowl, That's and so the kitchen true. never closes. <laughs> You're running, you know, a 24-7 diner. Right. And you've got to announce You've got a new husband, a new spouse, six grandchildren, two, you know, two sets of twins, whatever it is, you have to announce the kitchen is now closed, which is basically having a family meeting and telling them you're going to do that first and then saying, okay, anybody who gets out the popcorn or the ice cream or whatever later, that individual is responsible for using paper plates or clearing up whatever products and, and um plates that they're going to use after the announcement of the kitchen being closed. <laughs> I like so that. That's, that's awesome. A, a, and the third one really for the home, I would say, is plan and picture your day the night before it happens. So it's like be sure you know what you're going to be wearing. You know, you can plan it out. You can have a backup if, if the weather all of a sudden changes in the middle of the night. But kind of have a general idea that this is what I'm planning to put on tomorrow. And picture how that morning is going to go before it ever happens. And just get that set in your brain so that when you hit the floor the next morning, your brain already knows, okay, I'm, this, is where I'm, I'm, this is what I'm wearing, and it's all right here, and I'm going out the door. So that going out the door to, to face the dragons of the world, you're going out there a little more calm then, oh my gosh, I can't find that other shoe. And, oh, <laughs> that shirt I was going to wear is missing a button. And, and, you know, you're already behind when you're just trying to, trying to rush and get, get out the door. So I think it's just taking that little bit of extra time and planning ahead. Excellent. So I know people can grab your ebook, Simple Strategies for Clutter Clearing You Can Do Now at sucrum.com. That's S U E C R U M.com. They can download that ebook and also get uh, future productivity tips that I send out and posts of my blog and where I'm speaking and that kind of thing, just to keep people motivated and focused. And, and it isn't, um, you know, everybody's got some kind of clutter, whether it's mind clutter or it's office clutter or storage clutter or the actual physical clutter. Some people have people clutter. You know, they've got to start by (laughs) decluttering some people from their lives. Um, There's all kinds. There's just all kinds. And so it's never, ever too late for somebody. Mm. Never, ever too late. It's only too late if they don't get started. Right, 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 right. It's time. You know, it comes back to it's time. Right now. It's Do time. It now. Now's the time. <laughs> and if not now, when? Exactly. So I'm all about out with the old, 
in with the new. What's your take on people holding on to old stuff and not allowing themselves to let go of it so that they can create more space for newness? I run into this a lot when I'm speaking and, and people in the audience will ask about this. And often people will have uh, lost a member of the family and um, they've had other people who are, you know, other relatives are saying, well, we want to come over and, you know, uh, help you, you know, move out all of Joe's stuff out of his office or whatever. And I say, you know, that's all individual that, you know, I, I say to those folks, well, Thank your relatives and tell them you'll call them when you're ready. Because people are all ready for that kind of decluttering at different times. And some people are ready right away and other people are not ready for four or five years. So it kind of depends on when you say out with the old. If uh, it's someone's things that has, and that person has passed away, that's a real sensitive topic. They have to really be ready for that. And I say, if the, if the rest of what they want to declutter is bothering them, start there and don't start with the emotional stuff because it's really hard. Out with the old and in with the new. That I say for people with memorabilia and things that, that other people have given them, sometimes you can take a picture of it. Sometimes you can find a different relative who would want it. Sometimes you can uh, condense it like just take one or two items from a collection and, and, and give to other family members the other parts of that collection. It really just depends on their own uh, living space and what they're comfortable with and what they have space for. But certainly nowadays with everybody with a phone camera, you know, take a picture, you know, save it that way. Um, but you don't have to save necessarily all the items. And none of us are getting out of here alive and none of us are taking anything with us when we go. That's right. All right. A couple more things uh, around this. Papers. What's your, uh, and filing, what, what's your take on, on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because they talked about, uh, we were going to live in the paperless society in the 1970s. And I think what's happened is it's kind of gone the opposite way. Everybody has a home office. And everybody's got, you know, you don't go out and buy a ream of paper. You buy a box of paper and <laughs> you've got your own printer and your own computer and everybody's got a home um, office depot or Staples Center annex at home. So even people that are um, not running a business from home, I'd say you're, you're still in the business of life. And, and so you're still working with some files. But here's the thing on filing. It's tied to the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle. You don't look at 80% of what you file. So it's really, um, some people spend all New Year's Eve staying up. Instead of going out to eat, they're making new files for the new year, and that's a waste of time. So I say to those folks, you know, go out to New Year's Eve, forget making new files for the new year, because 80% of what you're going to file, you're not going to need. So if you really think about, well, who else has this? How else can I store this? And is it something that I have the one and only copy? You know, um, there, a lot of it we don't really need. And, and a lot of things that we've saved from other years back is accessible somewhere else. So it's, it's really taking a look at, at that whole thing of, of filing. And you kind of have to look at how your own brain works. And, and so it's not necessarily filing. 
It's a retrieval. How am I going to retrieve this? If this is such an important paper that I want to file or such an important folder, how am I going to, what would I name it to go looking for it? So, for example, if you've got something about your car, well, some person might say, well, I'm going to file it under C for car. And somebody else might say, well, I'll have it under A for auto. (laughs) Somebody else says, well, I have it under F for Ford. And then another person says, well, it's my SUV. I'd put it under S. So see how our brains all work differently. Right. So it's kind of like, don't come up with the cutest file name. Come up with what's the first thing that you came to your mind. Right. So, you know, that's so individual. And think in big categories, not little finite categories, some big categories. And Give me some examples of that. Well, like a big category could be for someone who's, let's say, like myself, an entrepreneur, speaking presentations, okay? So that would be a, a big category. And then within that, I'd have different ones that I, different topics that I speak on because I speak on declutter your life and and uh, time management and the organized leader and those kinds of topics. But the bigger category is speaking presentations. And that would be, that's how my brain would think first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if somebody else would think of presentations and think of P for presentations, but right. that would be a, you know, the way I think you have to look at how your individual brain works. And again, um, where else is this information? Who else has access to it? And people get hung up on hanging on to, say, their tax backup stuff forever. Well, the government's not going to come back after you more than seven years uh, unless you've been involved in some, you know, unusual, mm, let's say, uh, activity that you're, <laughs> that you're you know, kind of sleeping, sleeping, uh, you know, with one eye open at night. But for the most part, you know, you don't need to save those attacks backup documents for very long, but you want to save the tax records. But then you think, you know, who else has access to this? So again, it's looking at the bigger picture, like where else could I get this information? And am I the only one that has this copy? Got it. All right. Clothes. How about clothes? What's your take on clothes and closets? Well, it's the 80-20 principle again. We only wear 20% of our clothes in our closets 80% of the time. So it's, again, that the 80-20 Pareto principle. We're only taking out 20% of our wardrobe. The other 80% sitting in there saying, when am I getting to go out? I'm always in this closet. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> because we reach for what's comfortable. We reach for our favorites. If it's starting to rain, we reach for, oh, yeah, this is always what I put on on a cold, rainy day. And we go into the same the same stuff. I do think you do have to do weeding in a closet, just like we do in gardens with flowers and plants and vegetables, and vegetable gardens. You have to go in and weed and take a look at what's in there. And I like to sort things by color because I think it's much easier to find than, um, than not by color. And so you can really easily see that, okay, these are my blue shirts. They're all together. Okay, I'm thinking that's what I want to wear with these pants. And so it's all together. In this, again, it's batching to the max. So you batch them all together. But we do need to take time out to, to weed from the closet and let go of some favorite things. The people that go, oh, I'm, I'm, I've lost weight. I can, I can fit back <laughs> in these, 
you know, jeans from, you know, 2001. Well, yeah, they may be, but they look like they're, you know, 15, 16, 20 years old. So <laughs> sometimes you got to have a, a critical friend help on the closet thing. Not a good friend who's going to say you look great and everything, but a critical friend who's going to say, no, those, those got to go. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So check it out. The following questions are inspired from the actor's studio that James Lipton asks his superstar guests. This is my own little twist to it, so I want you to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Okay. What is your favorite word? Mm-hmm. Wow. Great gratefulness. What is your least favorite word? Mm, negativity. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Nature. What turns you off? People with negative attitudes. A quote that inspires you. Well, I said it earlier, if not now, when? That's probably one of my favorites. What song inspires you? Um, I think it's uh, Martina McBride, Blessed. What's a book, whether it be business or personal, Actually, let's do two books. What are two books you could recommend to people? Um, well, of course, my book, uh, Clear Your Clutter. Yes, I'm Clear Your Clutter, of course, 50, as you should. 50 Ways to Organize Your Life, Home, or Business So You Can Become More Calm, Focused, and Happy. Uh, because that has 50 different chapters. Um, on, on 20 on home, 20 on life, and 20, 10 on um business. Amazing book, by uh, the way. Um, I have a copy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sue. I, I appreciate that. So I think that's a great book for people just to kind of pick up at any chapter what's gnawing at them the most. Mm-hmm. And then the book that I would say for, for business, but it's even as good for personal people who don't have a business, is The One Thing by Gary Keller. Yes. I highly recommend that book. And he's of Keller Williams Real Estate. Um, it's a great book because we're living in an age of distraction. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. I would say interior design, which is different than interior redesign and what I did. What do you know now that you wish you would have known when you were younger? That life really is the journey that we do really learn as we go and to just keep going and keep learning and keep doing. What's your best piece of advice for living your best life? Each day is a new beginning and it's like an empty whiteboard. Just begin and make it your best masterpiece. What do you want to be remembered for? Being a decent person. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Here are all your favorite dogs. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Sue. Again, people, if you would like a copy of Sue's ebook, Simple Strategies for Clutter Clearing, you can do now. Or you would like to connect with her for coaching or speaking, you can go to suecrum.com. That's S U E C R U M.com. I appreciate you, Sue, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. All right, I'm not wishing you the best year yet for you as well as you're listening. It's time. It's time. All right. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you guys so much for spending time with me and Sue on the Soul Greatness Podcast. If you guys appreciate this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with friends and family because it just might inspire them more than you know. 
Until next time, make it a great week and continue to live out your soul greatness.